2: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
3: Into the 3 o'clock hour, we roll. Tony Gwynn Jr., Chris Sello, Matt Scraby. This is the Daily Gambit segment we'll get to in a second. I don't know if you guys saw, I mean, betting is only getting bigger. Did you see ESPN bet today? Oh, yeah.
4: Yeah, I quickly dismissed it. Come on. <laughs> you quickly dismissed I it? I have to dismiss that stuff. I'm not going to. Have you seen me gamble in our Daily Gambit segment? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I'd be in the poorhouse. Come <laughs> you, on. I mean, no, we're talking about the offering of ESPN bet. Yeah, I'm not I'm not taking the offer. I Thank already you. give ESPN enough money just for the ESPN Plus. <laughs> no, gosh, here no we no go. Kidding. Here we go. No kidding. Here we go. I'm not giving any more money. Maybe. Yeah,
0: I don't know about this ESPN
3: bet. I'm scared to hit get started. I don't want to actually get started. I Just kind of want to see what—that's what I'm saying. What it's actually all about. Yeah, I don't want to see. You know, when ESPN, the worldwide leader of sports, gets involved. Oh, I know. It's it's uh, it could it could go downhill. I real mean, I
4: we're we're I'm <laughs> preaching to a deaf choir on this whole thing with gambling because it is just getting more and more and more popular, despite all of the you know the warnings out there. Everybody's oh. got to bet on everything,
3: so it's so, it's it's very much like I, I went ahead and clicked. Just, and just like
4: clicked. you and I are going to bet whether or not Scraby can touch a rim. There is zero. And that is chance. something. If ESPN offers that up on the bet, this is I the, will
3: take that one. This is the definition of your backside cashing a check. No, your mouth cashing a check that your backside can't. All right, cash.
0: I would like to change it. No, from, no, no, no. Ain't no change. You said easy.
3: Well, well, easy I said easy left. for
0: the net.
4: No, you easy said you for could easy. You, you could touch the net. No, I didn't say. I yes did not say did. easy. I would say the net is even questionable. The honestly. net's not questionable at all. I it's can, totally I can questionable. Touch, a for net.
3: You could, you could, what you is your height? height, right now. height right? I'm six
4: feet tall, and I'm six feet tall. I can't touch the net. You're not six feet tall. Yes, I'm five yeah, yeah. eleven and three quarters. If that's if you must <laughs> know. All right. All right. I used to be six feet, but I'm now older and I've gotten smaller. I've shrunk. But who's more athletic looking? You. Oh,
0: okay. Uh, that, that's the, the weirdest so if thing you to look say. So
4: if you look at the two of us and I can't touch the bottom of the net, what's hey, listen. to make any of us believe that you can? Listen, I will say, Scrappy might be an athlete,
3: even though he might not look I've like one. i seen him.
4: I've seen him on the softball field. Oh, you don't has.
3: need to be
0: an athlete to play baseball. I mean I see. First of all, you weren't playing baseball.
3: I know, I know. Secondly You definitely have to you, be an athlete You, you gotta be record. an athlete to do both. Just for the record, I know you have to be an athlete. Third, um I'm interested to uh I, I don't know I, I don't know where I am on Scraby and his athleticism. Part of me thinks that I shouldn't let his look deceive me here. <laughs> yeah. Well I've, he's so
4: confident about this that I, I'm thinking that maybe he can touch the net. I just I his, can't see it happen. And his
0: parents were athletic. So I mean I I Dad I, was a college basketball player?
3: Yeah, that's what that's the part yeah. of me that's like I'm hesitant to rule you out, but I do really fully Tony, believe Tony, go ahead and rule
4: him out. I fully you I fully out. believe he's that you absolutely He's not he's certainly not hitting the rim. It's you absolutely. I can't love what get he said the about rim. the net. He can he can go up, slap <laughs> the net, and and the net will go flying up into the air. You guys and are on his way up to the rim. You guys just don't know what you're getting. That's into. a long jump, Scrape. To the net. Yes, the net has got to be nine feet off the floor, Chris. Tony? If you
0: can't hit the net, there is something wrong with your jumping. Wrong.
4: You're six feet tall. You should be able to hit a net. I can't. Cannot hit the net. That's too high for me. I can... With those calves? I mean, you got that, built-in that, springs. That, that they kind of weigh you down, your actually. Calves are... <laughs> down.
0: you got those yeah. Trevor
4: Hoffman uh, calves, yeah. man. Yeah. Those, yeah. Those yeah. Is there Cans a basketball court a around thing. here? No, oh, we got to go right now. I mean, nobody listening to this show right now is going to pay attention to anything more we say <laughs> until we solve <laughs> the question, can Scraby touch to the think. rim? One ah. of these days, we're just going to have to go to a gym and just film, and just film it. I mean, uh, what it. Is it? it's not Sarah High School anymore. It's uh, oh, they it. That's Canyon right. Springs. It's only five minutes from here. Hmm. I mean, all we have to do is bring our phone before a show one day, see if they'll yeah. let us is in there, the gym. Is and, there you a know.
3: difference between outdoor and indoor for
0: you, Scrape? Do you no, need to be indoor to get Because remember when I made the, the, no, the we three outdoor scrapes? six threes? we don't remember. We don't that. And remember. you guys won't give me credit for we, it. We don't no, remember. Because it was on an outdoor hoop. No, we It was won't on give an outdoor kid's hoop. No, it was not a kid's hoop. Yes, it was. It was a regular hoop. I don't believe you. I'm gonna go pull up the video. I cannot believe that. I cannot <laughs> wait, believe wait that. Wait a minute. That is why I thought that. It's because your video. Your video makes it look like it's a small hoop. I love it how you guys okay, let's go back and let's this is my time machine. <laughs> Rewind. And four years ago, and you guys said, I don't think you could ever make three threes out of six. And I said I most definitely can. You taped it. I remember you
3: coming in with the tape, and then all of a sudden I was like, "Man, that hoop looks a little small."
0: It it wasn't though. It was a legit hoop, and I made it. And I maybe you could touch the net on that hoop. I should have been given the credit for the three pointers made. Blake Uh, Snell is talking on TV. He is not winning the award yet. I don't believe. No, but he's
4: got a great uh, group of he uh, does. supporters with he's him. He's got
0: someone with the,
4: uh, C- the City Connect colors on. He's awaiting the announcement of the NL Cy Young Award. Nice try to change the subject, yeah. <laughs> well, Let's that's go more back. important than me hitting the net. It's really not. I don't think anybody's more interested in anything right now than whether or not you can actually jump up and hit, well, you said the rim. Now you're hoping we've, that we've we, we will down forget down that and we move down <laughs> to the net. The rim is way up there. I don't think you got it in you no more, Scrape. I do. There There
3: might have been a time. Where you know, you were a habitual rim hanger.
4: There was no time in my life where I ever touched a rim, so I'm not even gonna claim it. Alright. Well not, not even gonna claim I'm it. I'm trying
0: to find some, some good. Some what, chat some footage of you no, no, touching in the, a rim in the stream, but nobody believes it. I'm getting I'm getting braggers that can dunk, so they're oh. <laughs> <laughs> letting you know that they no, can No, no, this one's from SD Sports Fan twenty one. I am six three and my hand goes about two inches above the net, I can dunk a volleyball.
3: Yeah. That's not dunking. Don't, it, you don't play basketball with a volleyball, unfortunately. I mean, like, it'd
0: be like, I could dunk a tennis ball. But, hey, I mean, it's
3: not what you play basketball with.
0: Yeah, it is way harder to dunk a basketball.
3: It is indeed. All right, we need to get to the day the gambit before you're upset about that. Do you like
2: money?
4: I think about money a wow, lot. Wow, wow.
1: Gwen and Chris go through the top bets
0: of the day in The Daily Gambit on 97.3 The Fan. Daily Gambit is our daily sports betting segment here on Gwyn and Chris. Watching MLB Network, Logan Webb is speaking right now. He needs to get his camera. It's like at an angle to the side below he, him. He is
3: making the mistake that most men over the age of 55 make when they do a... Zoom call. Zoom call. They have the camera below the nose. they do. Yeah, But his is
0: off to the side
3: below the nose. (laughs) Well, I think he's trying to get a significant other. I don't know if his wife or his girlfriend, but she... He definitely
0: wanted to show her off because (laughs) she's sitting right next to him.
3: (laughs) Um, Yeah. We're just
0: just waiting for Blake Snell to be announced just so we don't miss it, but I guess... Blake
3: looks annoyed right now. That being able to hear him just looking at his face and his body language...
4: Yeah. He's like, let's get this over yeah. <laughs> He's like, I He's know like I've been win. waiting a month and a half for this. Can we just <laughs> They're do not going to announce it in the next two minutes. All right. All right. So let's go through what we out. did on Monday. We didn't
0: do the Daily Gambit, so we didn't review this yet. But first bet was Jerry Judy over under 50 and a half receiving yards. And uh, he, Chris and I went under. Tony went over. Judy only had three catches for 35 yards. So it was an under. Um, the Denver and Buffalo total score 47 and a half. Oh my gosh, the MLB Network went to break. It was 24 to 22, which means 46. Chris was the only one to go over on this. Tony and I went uh, or no, no. under, I'm sorry. No, we, Tony and I yeah. went over, and uh, we lost out by a point and a half. So good one there, Chris. Then the Bulls and the Bucks. The Bucks were nine and a half point favorites over the Bulls. You two chose the Bulls. I chose the Bucks. You guys won the bet. The Bucks won the game 118 109, and lost by a half point. I'm losing very close bets here. Islanders and the Edmonton Oilers minus one and a half on the puck line. You two chose the Oilers. I chose the Islanders, and the Oilers won four to one. So you guys win that bet. Two and two on the day. Yes.
4: Four and zero. Yeah, on the Chris four and zero. I think we should. We should. I a good day.
0: Yeah, I think we should be- bring this out for once. Thank you. This is a blast from the past of Daily Gamer right here. That's right. That we did like a six That's months what, worth of uh, do you
3: do you recall, five star bets. Do you recall? Do you recall? Was it Chris? What was the bet? He had a bet with the the five star bets that you guys we did one. Yeah,
0: day. he would do a five star oh, bet. He, did, he, he did, would he take on BetQL. That's right, and he ended up winning, didn't he? Most of the time, yeah, yeah. Most of the time, yeah. Stay tuned and listen to hear your name called at 5 o'clock in our Biggest Fan Contest for your chance to win a night in the Odyssey Suite with friends, family, and 97.3's hosts. All right, Chris, I don't have any bets. Go for it.
4: I have one really good one right off the bat here before we get to tonight's selections. This just showed up on uh, DraftKings uh, Mm. just a moment ago. So this is uh, up-to-the-minute wagering. Can Matt Scraby touch oh my a basketball I, rim? I yes is plus four thousand. <laughs> no is minus thirty five hundred. So you're saying no's the heavy favorite. No is the
3: heavy you're favorite. You're gonna have to
4: bet three hundred and fifty dollars to win a hundred on well, no. no. But if you think he can do it, and you put down a hundred, you'll get paid four grand.
0: If y- if I'm, no I'm not making that bet, I'm going to say no wait, on wait, that wait, one wait, for the wait, rim. Now out. you're saying time no?
3: Out. Time out. You're not making the bet? You were so confident when, we just, uh, when this conversation first started.
0: I'm confident. confident about touching the net. No, no, no. no
3: for no, no, sure. No, that's, that, we didn't start on the net. We started on the rim, and you were confident. Now you don't want to take you your own bet? You are wavering
4: net? quite a bit on this. Um, Seems flimsy. I'm not as sure about the rim ah. as I am the net. See, as we get
3: a little bit closer. If those
0: were the odds for touching the net, I'm going yes. Of course. You should be able to touch the net, quite frankly. I know I should, and I can. Well, good for you. But that wasn't what the original conversation was Now, it's going to be really embarrassing for me if this doesn't happen. Uh, and it's also going to be really embarrassing for Chris if it does happen because there, Chris is I'm the only not, one in the room who can I touch the net. I am not at that
3: point. worried about you touching a rim.
4: We don't care if you can touch the net. You claimed you could touch the rim and you were adamant about it. Now you're trying to get us off the scent yeah. and get us <laughs> thinking about the net only. You are backpedaling faster than Dion in you his You better prime hope it's right one now. really long net, my friend.
0: Uh, Kirk Kenny, uh, he texted me. He said, I think you can touch the net. No way you
4: can touch the rim. There ain't no way. There ain't no way. Hmm. All right. uh, Sacramento, L.A. Lakers tonight. Good yeah, NBA matchup. Uh, I'm surprised on the road the Kings are favored by one point. Kings are a uh, good,
3: team.
4: Yeah, but uh, that's not the bet. The bet is 235 and a half points. Man, it's a lot of points, but these NBA teams really score a lot of points. Over. Tony, what are you going? Over? Over. Over. All right. Uh, Scraby, I'm going to go over as well. I'm going to go over. And, you know, I'd like to bet under just to have some fun here, but I mean, I can't remember a game that's gone under. I mean, all year. I mean, over. It seems like it wins 80%. I'll go over also. All right, uh, Cam Reddish. Laker forward. Over under nine and a half points for him tonight. <laughs> I don't know if I Swaybe? trust Cam
3: like that yet.
4: Is Cam getting into double figures yeah, tonight? He, I know nothing about Cam Reddish. Uh, has he
0: scored ten points this year in yeah, the game? Yeah,
3: back-to-back game, 17 and 18. Hmm. But a, he hadn't been, been above that
0: before then. I'm going to say under because I feel like the team's going to try to stop him. Oh, try <laughs> to stop him? <laughs> because he's a, he's on a scoring yes, streak. They're yes, they're going to leave LeBron Forget and, LeBron Anthony, and Anthony Davis open, Andy, and they're going to double-team Cam Reddick. He's going to get himself injured at some point. He go, so we Oh, know. don't do that. Uh, Knock I'll on go.
4: wood. All right, he's, on a, he's on a hot streak right now, right? He's over, two, you know, two games. Two games, all right. Games. Three in a row. I'll say over. Tony? I, too, will say over. Nine and a half points for Cam Reddish. Boston Celtics at Philadelphia 76ers. Celtics are favored by five on the road. Philadelphia lost last night. They were probably looking ahead to this game. I'll take Philadelphia plus the five. Tony? I will, too, take 76 Philadelphia six plus, plus, plus five. five. Hmm. Scraby, contrarian? No, you guys convinced me. You're going. The Philly Sixers also?
0: seem like a team that has been reborn without James
4: Harden. Oh, well, that's why you're taking them. Yeah, just to stick the, the James
0: hater Harden. of
4: James Harden. Well, yeah. I,
0: I do love reading the articles where the players are kind of sort of taking shots at James, like oh, things, How just, so? things just got a little less, uh, you know. I, I, I can't think of it right now, but things got a little less crowded.
4: In the last couple, couple taking weeks. Taking a
0: shot. Clippers are 0 and
4: six with you James love the, Harden. You love by the, the
3: way. TMZ element of sports, don't you? Yes, he does. James. Favorite part.
4: Um, yeah. One more. College football tonight. We have... Maction. Maction! Maction. On a Wednesday night. Miami versus Buffalo. Since the Dolphins can't beat the Bills, thought we'd try Miami over Buffalo in college. you are talking Miami, Ohio, right? Yes, we are. Okay. They are favored by <laughs> 7.5 points over Buffalo. Uh, the game is at Miami. Uh, Tony, you're up on this one. Seven and a half points. Miami, Red Hawks, Buffalo, Give me the, Bulls, give me the Red Hawks. Miami. Give me Wally Zerby-X, college. <laughs> over uh, over Khalil Max. Over Khalil Max. Scraby, who do you like here? Ooh. Miami or
0: Buffalo? I think last time I chose Miami, they lost, but they weren't playing Buffalo. I, I'm going to go Miami.
4: You're going to go Miami? Yep. I'm going to go Miami also, just because it's in my blood to pick miami over buffalo (laughs) all right there we go we don't really have a lot of uh differences tonight i think the actually the only difference we have is that scraby's going under on cam reddish and tony and i are going over otherwise we're all going to end up with the same record swing bet all right there you have the uh,
3: daily gambit for today let's uh get to break when we come back we'll hopefully have your NL Cy Young Award winner.
0: Yeah, they're still, they're still, still doing whatever they're doing. I, we got
3: to talk about the last graphic they used. It really bothered me. <laughs> it was like a graphic of Gallon throwing pitches, and they were trying to make the point that he's a paint artist, so they had like an easel, an easel up there. Uh, brother. But the problem was the, the paint spots had nothing to do with the location of the ball. It really was bothering me. We'll talk about it when we return. More Gwen and Chris.
0: Call from Mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
2: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
4: Hi, welcome back. Gwen and Chris, 323 is the time. Still awaiting the uh, official announcement on the National League Cy Young Award winner. We fully expect it'll be Blake Snell.
3: I think it should be noted that compared to what Zach Gallen and... uh, mr webb have in their houses compared to what blake has i think blake thinks he's winning he's got i mean looks like a whole family and some change back oh yeah
4: yeah they're going to all be really disappointed if he doesn't get it well they don't have to be disappointed Uh, he just got it they announced it finally i'd like to know who the two voters were who did not vote for him it was almost unanimous place he got 28 first place votes um, Logan Webb got oh. one first place vote and finished second behind Blake Snell and Zach Gallen got a first place vote I'm imagining that a San Francisco writer probably voted for Logan Webb and an Arizona writer probably voted for Zach Gallen. I don't know that for sure Either but way, uh, the other should, 28 all went for Blake you should be ashamed Who congratulations to Blake Snell his second Cy Young, one in each league there aren't many guys who've done that seven, he's the seventh I believe in both leagues? yeah to, to do to Verlander, to have Taylor, one, and Perry, I can't think of all of them, but uh, that's pretty impressive for uh, Blake Snell. I mean, how long has he been pitching? Ten years? Eight years? Uh, he might be just short of ten. Yeah, he's got two Cy Youngs now. Impressive! Congratulations! They'll announce the American League winner shortly. Uh, I want to call your attention. If uh, you're interested, and I think you probably will be, uh, our friend Buster Olney. Uh, ESPN senior writer writing a beautiful article about Peter Seidler, and it is on ESPN.com right now. It is titled, uh, Padres owner Peter Seidler was champion of baseball fans and the game he loved. Uh, It's a fantastic article here, and uh, I'm sure you Padre fans will enjoy reading it. So uh, I call your attention to ESPN.com, and I also am happy to say it's not – on ESPN+. Plus. So you actually <laughs> don't have to pay extra for this article. You can get it on your own. So uh, if you uh, would like to read a little bit more about Peter Seidler, it says here, losing Peter Seidler is a loss for baseball ownership. I think that's pretty accurate. And uh, we know Buster only is a sensational writer. So uh, you may want to check into that. Um, let's flip over to the NBA for a second, Tony. Let's do it. We mentioned the Lakers uh have the Kings tonight. Coming off a victory over the Washington Generals last night, <laughs> otherwise known as the Memphis Grizzlies. What was the uh, final count in that game? It was like 33 points at halftime.
3: Yeah, I think it was 120 something to 107. I know Man. I know Memphis
4: ended with 107. Oh, they uh they they actually pulled a little closer at the end. They did. But One, not really 134 to oh, 107. So <laughs> Yeah. It was a route uh, the Le Clippers. LeBron
3: finally got to stay under his minutes.
4: Yes, he, he got to rest uh, quite a bit. Uh the Clippers fell to 0 5, 0 oh, 6 without James Harden. What a shame. Yeah. They lost in Denver to the Nuggies. <laughs> Nikola Jokic just doing whatever he planned.
3: Poor Clippers, they tried everything. They, Paul they... George
4: was unreal in this <laughs> game. I mean yeah, I, I you know I it's hard to see a guy having a performance like that and walking off the floor a loser. I mean, he was just insane. He, he's 35 points. I think they all came in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I mean, he was hitting every possible shot for the Clippers and still wasn't enough. They just so. had no
3: answer for... Jokic. They Jokic. kept throwing him the ball. They, 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 tried, they tried Kawhi on him. They tried Paul George on him. And it did no, no, nothing worked.
4: None of it worked. But um, <laughs> None of it worked. The other big story in the, in the NBA last night was Draymond Green, who uh, attacked Rudy Gobert... With a choke hold, uh, this the result of a skirmish underneath the rim during Minnesota's one hundred and four one hundred and one victory it, over the Warriors. It
3: actually wasn't even underneath the rim. It wasn't it, under it, the rim. It, it was. Uh, it was a shot, and Clay Thompson went to close out. Um, Jalen uh, was it? Is it Jalen? Uh, Jaden McDaniel. Jaden. Sorry, yeah. Jalen is uh, his brother. I think uh, yeah. Jaden McDaniel. They get into a scuffle, and in the process of that scuffle. Right, Gobert comes over and kind of. I think he's just trying to break it up, but he kind of put his arms around Clay Thompson's neck. Yeah, and that's when Draymond came in with the the enforcer, the, the headlock. Yeah, the enforcer <laughs>
4: came in with the headlock. Uh, Draymond Green will probably get suspended again uh, if he hasn't already. It's um, by the way,
3: they're heading. That was the first shot of the game.
4: Oh, happen. was it really? It was 0-0 <laughs> zero, 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 when this zero happened? When it happened? My goodness. <laughs> Talk about being fired up for the game. Yeah, I didn't know it was 0-0. Zero, zero. I, <laughs> I didn't know that either.
3: I, you know, I think Gobert and Draymond have some uh, some beef. Oh, I uh, read going, all about they it. They have the some history. Beef. Yeah, there's been some history there. So Draymond was just looking for his opportunity. R- and <laughs> once Gobert put his arms, even in a uh, peacemaking role around a, one of his players, he was just like green light in his mind. Yeah, one of the
0: uh,
4: issues. Yes, thank you for thank you for hugging my players so that I have the chance to choke you and make it look like I can get away with it.
0: One of the issues was back in 2019. Remember, Rudy Gobert was upset that he didn't make the All Star team, that's and he right. started crying. And that's then right. Draymond <laughs> tweeted, "Should I cry too? Because he didn't make the All Star team." Uh, that's right. Yeah, that's pretty good.
4: Yeah, Draymond Green is funny. I support him as much as I can. Uh, him getting involved in just about every possible skirmish though right now is, uh, unfortunately is getting a little old. So we'll see uh, where this goes with Draymond Green. I have a quick question though about Blake Snell from Dominic.
0: Uh, is, does he have the record for most walks allowed for a Cy Young winner? Yes. Uh, he's got to. Yeah, yes. I was gonna say he's the only guy I know,
3: ever. I don't know if he has the most walks, but he's only guy ever to lead the league in, in walks, walks and, and ERA
4: and ERA in the same year. And now he'll be the only one to do that. It's, it's with possible. A Cy Young. It's very possible that back in the day, when when pitchers threw three hundred innings, somebody that had somebody more had more walks than Blake Snell just uh, because they pitched so many more innings. We'd have to look that up, but that's uh, a good question. Uh, Blake Snell was a one of a kind season, that is for sure. To uh, be able to walk, how many hits did he give up all year? About six? (laughs) I mean, it It was just incredible. I mean, no one ever could get a hit off this guy. So, uh, yeah, the walk was pretty much the only offense anybody got. And uh, he's got his second Cy Young. How many games did he win? Because that's just fourteen. He ended up getting he to did fourteen. Get 14. Yeah. yeah, that's not bad. Fourteen and nine. Yeah, two two five ERA. And
3: that's after starting. I think he was one and eight. One and seven.
4: He got off to a he got off to a slow start. I can look it up, Tony, real quick. He was one and six at the beginning. He didn't win his. He did not win a second game until June. So it took him that long. He started zero and four, got a win, and then went to one and six before he started on his incredible streak. I think the other thing though that amazes me the most about Blake Snell is that he only pitched three innings this entire year behind this beyond the sixth inning. He pitched seven innings three times. Never pitched into the eighth inning, not once. That's uh that's just a great example of what baseball has become. The best pitcher in the league. But um, you know, didn't ever go past seven innings and only went that far Three times, yeah. So it's, that's uh, but, not a knock on him. That's no. the way baseball is. That's just how it is. They I think get, it just
3: depends on the type of guy. You look at a guy like Logan Webb. He led the league in, in innings. That's and, true. You know, two thirteen, and yeah. g- Gallon the same thing. He was up over two hundred. So, yeah.
4: and with all those walks, it did add up and, to and, a lot and of pitches.
3: T- that's the thing that you got to keep in mind is when you lead the league in walks, your pitch count is generally going to be high. Yeah, and those starts where he got into the seventh. His pitch count, you know, was able to to sustain, but right. um his dominance in those six innings of work it was just it was that much better
4: than everybody else's on May nineteenth, Blake Snell had a one and six record and a five point four oh ERA. From that point on, practically untouchable. Hmm. Only gave up more than two runs one more time the whole year. Amazing season. Great job, Blake Snell. Congratulations. Quick break. John Morosi, MLB Network, to talk more about uh, America's pastime when uh, Gwen and Chris continues.
3: 338, talking a little Major League Baseball. Tony Gwynn Jr., Chris Ello, Matt Scraby. Joining us on Gwen and Chris mlb network one of the best in the biz joins us john how are you how's your off season it's, it's about to start heating up here i get the sense
1: indeed tony and chris and uh, great to be with you today it's, it was a busy week at the general management meetings last week certainly uh and, and obviously congratulations to blake snell tonight on on the cy young and really want to mention my my prayers are with uh, the padres fans and the side their family on uh, peter's passing yesterday just to a huge loss for the San Diego community and for all of baseball. So, I just want to let everybody know I'm, I'm thinking of them uh, here today.
3: Yeah, no, no doubt about it. We we appreciate that, John. I'll, I'll start there. I mean, obviously, the passing uh, of Peter Seidler yesterday came as a, a shock to most of everybody in the baseball community. What was your sense of of how he was regarded around the league?
1: Beloved, really and truly beloved, uh, and I, I say that that there's not many owners that you would necessarily describe as, as universally beloved among peers, everybody in the game. That was his reputation. He just, uh, in a very competitive game, in a very competitive sport, he, he found that grace and that human connection. Empathy, I know my friend Alden Gonzalez used that word uh, yesterday, and it's the perfect description for Peter Sider, someone who I think saw the human side of, of the game game as an opportunity to to have a platform to better the world and certainly better their community and all that he did for the uh those uh, i think at at risk in san diego and those less fortunate just i think an example of a citizen and i think that when you look back at, at the people to me tony who are most beloved in the game and and owners that that do the best with with that with that title and, and, and with that privilege of, of being an owner in Major League Baseball, it's those who really regard the citizenship, the citizenship aspect of the job and the role most, uh, I think, most sacred above all. I think about David Montgomery in Philadelphia and Mike Illich in Detroit and Peter Seidler is in that very same category for me of someone who has just impacted the game so greatly as thinking of baseball as a vehicle to better an entire community and the lives of people. And, and I, I told the story yesterday, it was about a year ago. I was there for the winter meetings, of course, and in between not getting Aaron judge and then signing Xander Bogarts, Peter had invited me over to Petco to just have a chat in the, in his office. And it was just so at ease and optimistic and comfortable. And we're just talking baseball and having a great conversation. And, and just, it was a few hours later that he signed Xander Bogarts. And I think that to me is, is Peter Seidler. He could be so so mellow and just at ease and conversing with you, and then a few hours later uh, send the industry buzzing with a signing. That was just him, easygoing, understated in so many ways, uh, but then had that absolute drive to make his team the best it could be. And I, I think if, if you're a baseball fan and you could pick anybody to be the owner of your team, it would be Peter Seidler. That's, that's the way that he ran the organization and represented the city and uh, I think for all those reasons, yeah, I, I'm certainly personally sad and I, I know the whole industry is because of just what he meant to so many people.
4: Very well said, John. Uh, John Morosi is with us from the MLB Network and of course, uh, I, I think all of us in San Diego feel like it's a little too soon to look ahead and you know, discuss everything that's going to you know be a result of his passing. But typically, is this you know figure to be a bit of a difficult time for the Padres, or is this something you think that they're going to be able to smoothly transition to?
1: Well, I, I think it's certainly going to be difficult. There's there's no way to I think understate that. Uh, it's it's uh, I think a, a massive loss for the for the franchise when you just think about what he did to to inspire and and really power this team when you think about where they were a year ago um, and beating the Dodgers in the, in the national league division series and just what a, what a boost that was for the community as, as both of you know, so well. And so I think that that, that presence and that drive to win and to spend whatever you can spend to get there and, and do it that, that, that really can't be replaced to be honest with you. It just, it can't. And I, I think that that will have to be something that the Padres, uh, speak about uh, in certainly in, in the weeks that come. Obviously, they've got a very strong um, team president there, and Eric, and, and certainly I know how important the Padres were to the side of their family and and Peter's wife, Sheila Certainly, so it, there's just a lot to to work through. But to the to the question of of where they're at, and obviously making a big decision on on a manager here uh, at, at this time, and, and planning for your off season. There's there is certainly a lot that is uncertain. I think that's the, the best that I think anybody could say from a objective standpoint. Here is that the the organization is entering a period of great uncertainty, and I think that's that uh, to, to to speculate too much about what that means for the payroll number. You yeah. know, of course, there was already uh, if you, when you go back to last week and previous to that, plenty of conversation about Juan Soto. I think there's certainly a chance that. Um, and maybe even a good chance that Juan's not in the ball club uh, when next year begins but I, I do think that that is the Juan Soto piece is one player in one year that that we're talking about there's a, certainly a, a larger conversation about what the franchise uh, will look like operationally and, and and where they go and I think it's it's to your point it's just probably a little too soon to really know other than to say it's it's one of the teams that I think faces, a profound level of uncertainty as, as they begin the offseason.
3: Yeah, I don't think there's any question, John. Typically, these type of things happen. There's a somewhat of a freeze. You can't really make moves. Uh, but as you said, we'll wait to see how this kind of unfolds. You, you talked about leaving the GM meetings and and how hectic. What did you come away from the GM meetings thinking in terms of what this free agency class is going to look like, who's going to be active
1: uh, in it? Well, Tony, it's a great question, and I think first and foremost, uh, if, if you are the, the, the GM, or let, let's put it this way, if you are the agent representing some free agent starting pitchers, this is a great year for yeah. you <laughs> because uh, whether it's Yoshinobu Yamamoto or, or the newly minted Cy Young Award winner of, of the National League and, and Blake Snell who's a free agent, uh, you've got Sonny Gray's a free agent, Aaron Noah's a free agent. They're they're entering a time where think about the number of teams. Tony, even look at the World Series. Even a team like the Diamondbacks, or, or even for that matter, the Rangers, who who did not have uh, a full complement of starters all postseason long. And then you go back and think about the Phillies and then the Dodgers, who barely uh, were even competitive against the Diamondbacks in the first round. The Yankees, who didn't even make the the, the playoffs. The Cardinals, who had one of their worst seasons ever, at least in in, in the last. 25 years, and it was because of a lack of starting pitching. So we saw in so many different ways, Tony, and part of it is the way the game is managed and, yeah. and the way the rosters are built, but there just wasn't enough starting pitching. And now, all of a sudden, this great class of free agent starters has hit. So I think that, that to me, whenever the first, whenever the first big-time free agent signs the starting pitcher, Tony, the, the reaction with the numbers is going to be, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. And then there's, then there's going to be a scramble of of the GMs that are saying, "I better sign the next person, or the price tag is only going to go up higher." So I think that's that's where I think a lot of the emotions going to be uh, to where some of the some of the potential trades on the pitching side. Mm-hmm. Shane Bieber is one name to watch there. Dylan Cease as well. I think that's going to be more towards the new year and and after the free agent market sips through, as opposed to the, the position players. For me are the exact opposite, where you've got, I think, not as many um, of the high-end position players. Obviously, Shao Yotani's in the category unto himself, and Bellinger had a great year. But if, after those two, there's a lot of flaws with, with the free agent position players, which is why I think there is such interest in the trade market instead with names like Juan Soto and Pete Alonso. I think headlining was going to be a very intriguing trade market for position players.
4: John uh, Morosi, MLB Network, is with us. Talking some baseball here. Uh, Blake Snell, uh, as mentioned, uh, just announced a. A few moments ago as the NL Cy Young Award winner, but uh, you touched on Juan Soto, and uh, I don't think anybody's 100% sure where this is all going to go. What would you be more inclined to do, you think, if you're the Padres, John? I mean, they do have some holes now. I mean, with Snell being a free agent, Hayter being a, a free agent, and, uh, and and Waka and Lugo both opting out. and you know, some spot, some space at the DH position. Juan Soto, it seems like in a trade, could fill a bunch of those holes, or would you be more inclined to just say, you know what, let's just keep him and get as much as we can out
2: of it?
1: Well, it's, it's a very fair question. I, I think when you look at where the organization is, how many prospects they gave up to get them, which that was a significant price to pay. The Nationals right now, as we speak, are thrilled with what they got in that in that trade they really are um and, and the Padres we all understood why they made the deal at the time you you really unless you're the Dodgers or the Yankees maybe even the Red Sox it's difficult to go for it every year and unfortunately for the Padres they they, they now have a lot of money committed to, to players that were a little bit inconsistent or injured in, in 2023 and so When you look at it objectively and you see the the Diamondbacks, you've got the reigning NL champs in your division. You've got the Dodgers in your division, who, by the way, they have a tremendous capacity to spend right now because they've got so many free agents who have left. And now they're going to be able to, I, I think, and it's not just Otani, they're going to be able to flex their might in a lot of different ways with respect to the marketplace. So when you add up all of these considerations here, I don't see the Padres as they're currently constituted uh, being a favorite to win the division, and and if the quickest way that you can both save some money and get your team a little bit younger and a little more flexible back on your roster, I, I think trading Soto fits that description. Now, I'll say this not just because I'm I'm standing outside my beautiful home state of Michigan right now, uh, but but Jacob Marcy who was the MVP of the Arizona Fall League yeah. in his front Michigan, a really good athlete, played at Central Michigan University. Um, he was the AFL, the AFL MVP, had a great year there. He is really athletic, a lot of really good tools. He's not Juan Soto, clearly, at least not yet. But uh, I think that that with him, the Padres have someone that is, uh, that is I believe, close to being major league ready. And so – I'm sure they'd want to get back at least one younger uh, everyday player if they move Soto in addition to some pitching. But I, I would say that internally, the way that Marcy played in the last six weeks in the fall league winning MVP honors, that says something. It says that he's, that he's close and he's ready. And, and I, I do think that at least in some parts of the roster, you move the, if you're coming off a disappointing year and you need to, to maybe get the payroll right-sized uh, relative to where it's been in the past, You probably can't trade Manny. You probably can't trade Tatis. You're probably not going to trade Musgrove. Uh, I think that the the best thing you could probably do is is move Soto because, to your point, you've got to find a way to replace a closer and replace an an ace pitcher who just won the Cy Young. That is very challenging to do in one offseason.
3: Yeah, and for those who may not know, uh, these Fall League MVPs have track records. I, I recall being there. Uh, in the fall league the year Ryan Howard came to my mind and came to my yep. eyesight he won the mVP in the following year he went on to go to the big leagues and have a big um kind of introduction to the league before doing what he did so it makes sense John you mentioned the division Dodgers they purposely set out of spring uh, out of free agency last year f- for this reason to get to this point um but you also have the Giants, who have a new manager and a kind of a a new way they're going to go. And then you have the Diamondbacks, who were the surprise team, gets all the way to the World Series. They're a year ahead of schedule, I would think, or a couple years ahead of schedule. Right? Are, are, will they be in the mix for free agency? Because they got a bunch of young talent, I'm sure, after going to a World Series. Does that speed up things for them?
1: You know, Tony, it's a great point, and certainly the, the additional revenues that come in when you go to the World Series, makes it, a, I think, a more appealing place. First of all, they'll have more resources to spend. And second of all, I just know from being at the GM meetings last week, a lot of conversation about the D-backs, why it works so well, and, and the, the building blocks they have. You've got the rookie of the year, Corbin Carroll, who was just tremendous yeah. this year, and, and a true 5 tool player. Uh, I think w- uh, we all got to know Perdomo a little bit more during the course of the postseason. Alec Thomas, the way that he played. I think third base is a common area of need between both the Diamondbacks and the Giants. Um, And of course, Matt Chapman, a free agent, he knows Bob Melvin. Well, he played for Bob in in Oakland. I think that could be a fit potentially. Uh, Jamer Candelario is another fit that I think, uh, whether it's the Diamondbacks or the Giants, uh, you know, third base is a position where there is some, some interest, I think throughout the industry, to be honest, but especially it seems in the national league West and, uh, of course, Shohei is out there, too, and we'll talk about him a bunch, uh, as, as we will, during the course of the offseason, but uh, the, the Dodgers and Giants are there. They're, they're going to be involved on on Otani, without without a doubt. Uh, it seems like the early stages of the Otani sweepstakes have been a little bit quiet in terms of what we've actually learned about publicly or meetings, etc., but I, I, I do think that Shohei, from what I've been told, is a bit more open-minded and not as much focused on just the geography of where he before he really wanted to play on the West coast. I think now it's, he wants to play for a winner. Yeah. He, he's played for his entire time in major league baseball without going to the postseason. He had that taste of a championship, uh, in the world baseball and what a great moment that was. I think that is where he wants to go. He wants to go to a team that can deliver him moments like that. And, and yes, the, the money's going to be important. The money's going to be there because, Uh, I think that he'll be able to, I think, take his pick and and maybe be a bit more open-minded to other non-West Coast locations. But I think you're spot-on about just the challenge of the National League West. It's already tough, and it's going to get tougher, I believe, uh, with probably some more free agent pitchers and and very possibly Otani himself uh, coming into the division.
3: Yeah, right as things are... I can't believe
1: you didn't
4: mention the Rockies talking about the NL West. Race. Hey, the Rockies, uh, you know, they,
1: they have uh, some, certainly some talent there. But uh, as, as I said, uh, I was there at the GM meeting, and I talked to Zach Rosenthal, who is their, uh, who's their assistant GM, and I said, well, Zach, what are the priorities for the Rockies? And he smiled and said, pitching, pitching, <laughs> and pitching. And pitching. Yeah. I said, okay. I wrote all those names down on my notebook. Got it, Zach. Uh, sounds good. So uh, it's, I'll break some news there and tell you the Rockies are looking for arms. Gotcha. No kidding. No, How about kidding. that, yeah, John? No else is new.
3: As always, man. Appreciate you coming on, spending some time with us. We'll catch up soon.
1: Tony and Chris, appreciate the conversation and the, the friendship, and uh, look forward to catching up next time as well. Thanks so much. No doubt about Very it. Very good, John Morosi, MLB
3: Network. Always fun to catch up with. I love his energy. He's but a
4: terrifically uh, nice man. He is. He's a terrifically Very, nice yeah. man.
3: We we got a chance to talk with him at the winter meetings. Yeah, we'll we'll discuss this on the other side. But you know, as things become uncertain for the Padres, everybody else is moving, and yeah. this division, as tough as it might have been this year, it's it's only going to get tougher. I think. Agreed. Let's Agreed. get to break. Four o'clock hour on the way. Mark Wood and Chris. Mm-hmm.